today. <clears throat> the rest of you can go to Second Peter. We'll probably take a little bit of a break um, the rest of the month after today on Sunday morning from Second Peter. We'll try to finish that up at the first of the year, but uh, uh, do something um, focused on Christmas over the next uh, couple of weeks. And, and uh, we have our Christmas programs coming up, too. Don't forget on those, we have uh, the children's program on December 17th. And so... What we do in that morning, we have one service. We don't have a, a connections class, but the kids can still get here at 945, which would be great. But we'll have one service on the 17th that morning, at, and that's at 1030. So uh, that will be on the 17th. And then on the 24th, Christmas Eve, we have the adult uh, program that morning. Uh, that will also be at 1030 on Christmas Eve. And then with it being Christmas Eve, we will have a Christmas Eve service that will be at 5 o'clock. You would love to come to that if you haven't been here. Definitely a, a different uh, type of service and would love for all of you to be here on, on that day too. So we'll, uh, and we'll get that information, sharing it more as we get a little closer. But it is coming up pretty quick. Um, we are running out of days in November. It's hard to believe, isn't it? And I think we kind of got caught unaware the, the weather has been so mild and then all of a sudden we kind of get sucker punched don't we and so well um, but winter is here and and Christmas is coming so how many have your tree yet look at you guys I'm impressed <clears throat> how many don't want to put up a tree man you guys are terrible come on just get one of those that you put in the in the closet, you know, and you take it out and set it up and plug it in and let it, you know. But my wife is upstairs. We have this big blue spruce tree out in the front yard. I hate that tree. I mean, she loves that stupid tree, and it's like 30 feet tall, and she wants to put lights in it. And, and she says, we need to put lights in it. You know who we is? Me and the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. Oh. <laughs> I need a drink. Oh, dear. Now I do have to put it up. So if you guys hear of the pastor falling off a ladder, you know what was happening decorating the blue spruce tree out front. So... I, I think that tree would be really pretty made into a coffee table. But <clears throat> Boy, did I get myself in trouble on that one. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> we just thought it was cold outside. It's going to be really cold in there, right? No. She, she knows my feelings on the blue spruce tree. <clears throat> it's been, you, you know me, I mean, we'll... The, but anyway, Second Peter, uh, we, we are going to finish up chapter 2 uh, today. We're ready for verse 15, but the, this entire chapter has been dealing with uh, false prophets that get into the church. And 
uh, all the division that it causes and all the chaos that uh, 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 comes uh, because of that, because of the devastation that it brings in people's lives and and how, how we need to guard against those things. And, and uh, <clears throat> look, we, we, we deal with all kinds of people, and that's a good thing. We, we have people that come from all different walks of life, and, and I, I'm not against a, a, any of that. And, and we have to deal with different ideas because people have been raised differently, and, and not everyone is saved right here in this church family. So they, they have been brought up differently, maybe in different kinds of churches or whatever. And so there are a lot of, lot of those issues that we deal with. And, and the, the biggest thing in all of that is keeping Christ number one and just looking to honor and glorify Jesus in what we're doing. And we do that by doing the best that we can to be biblical in, in uh, the things that, that we carry out. And that, that will guard with lots of those things. However, this is dealing with those that come in with malicious intent. And they're coming in and they're wanting to destroy what the, the church stands for. They're wanting to destroy what's being taught. They, they, they truly want to destroy, destroy the, the lives and the souls of the people that, that are here. And so we saw the, the, the best way that you can... Uh, understand and be able to spot this and see that is to know the truth and uh, know what the Word of God says. And, and every day we work at that and reading it and asking God to give us wisdom and understanding and discernment and uh, reading what it says and applying it the best that we can to, uh, in our lives. And, and uh, through that, knowing the genuine truth then uh, guards us against those that might come in with some uh, crazy ideas that, that aren't good. And we, we end this description today of just the emptiness of, of these false teachers. And it's so opposite of who Jesus is and, and, and uh, uh, who we know in the scriptures that uh, how Jesus was described. Re- remember in, in John chapter 1 when uh, John was inspired by God to write, uh, his gospel and sitting there describing who Jesus is and and he makes a statement in John 1 and verse 1 he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and so we know and understand then that the word is Jesus and and so we know that that Jesus uh, is the the very word of God and he lived and he spoke the word of God and and he represented the word of God and, and uh, inspired these men to write down exactly what uh, God would have for them to, to write. And this is God's word. And, and, and everything about Jesus in his word was a representation of who God is. And, and the, the truth and the sincerity and the genuineness of, of, of who he is. And he said over in John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says... and Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so as we follow Jesus, we're in the light, and and his word will will not uh, lead us astray. And he says further on over in John chapter 8 and verse 30, and he spake these words, many believed on him, 
Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I hear a lot of unsaved people use that verse completely out of context and saying that if you just tell people the truth, it'll set you free. And, and that is a good principle, but in this context here, we need to understand that Jesus is the truth. And we need to understand that, that whenever we are believing and trusting in Him, and since we are walking and continuing in His Word, we are His disciples, and, and we know Jesus, and in knowing Jesus, we shall be free. It's Jesus that gives us freedom, and it's his truth. And, and, and all through Scripture, we just see the, the representation of, of Jesus being the truth and something that we can rest upon. And Jesus said in John 14, in verse 6, Jesus said unto, them, uh, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I mean, everything about Jesus is the truth. Verses 15 through 17, he tells us, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Look, something that you need to understand Whenever we're in Second Peter here, and, and we're talking about the false teachers that are coming in, that some of you might say that, look, Pastor, I haven't been saved very long, and, and I haven't been in the Word very much, so I don't know a whole lot of what the Word of God says, and how, how can I protect myself from that? Well, there, there are many ways to do that, but the first one is, if you know Christ is your Savior, you need to trust and rely upon the teaching of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in the truth. He will never lead you astray. Be careful then of who you listen to. Be careful of who you read. Be careful of who you run with. Be careful of your companions. And, and, and stick with those that are godly individuals that you know are godly and have proven themselves through many years of being godly examples and, and, and walk with them and ask them questions along the way. But especially listen to the Holy Spirit of God that indwells in your life, he can take what you know and use it in your life to guard you and protect you. You have the same Holy Spirit that everyone else has that has trusted Christ. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will always lead you in, into truth. And then he tells us in John 17, remember the prayer of Jesus to all believers. And, and here he tells us that sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so when, when we give thought to who Jesus is, he's truth. I, I, he's genuine. He's real. He's sincere. Everything about Jesus is, is what it says it is. Then that is who he is. And he will carry out all of those things that, that he says he will do. That's why he always tells us too, peace be unto you. Jesus brings a peace that no one else can bring. These false teachers will never bring peace in your life. They're always going to have things stirred up, and, and there's always going to be chaos around them, and, and there's going to be chaos in what they're teaching, and, and there's going to be controversy in all of the things that, that they're teaching, and, 
And, and the reason being is they're controversial towards the true, genuine word of God. And we see their emptiness. And, and if you are listening to someone who brings you only emptiness and despair and, and desperation and, and, and anxiousness, then they're, they're probably not teaching you what God's word says because truly God's word, even in a chaotic world, will bring you peace in your life. He wants, to, he wants to restore your life. He wants you to know, first of all, that you have made peace with Him. Have you done that? You only make peace with Him through Jesus Christ the Son. And so you seek Him for forgiveness, and, and you find out that He's the only one that can forgive you of your sins, and He's the one that can restore you into a relationship as a child of God. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And you have that peace in your life. You've made peace with God. And then he shows us that you can have the peace of God in your life through listening to the word of God, applying it to your lives, and, and living even in a chaotic world in a way that is honoring to God. And you can have peace in your life that no one else will have that does not know Christ as their Savior. But these guys do not have that. He goes and he tells us here, and 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 in and, and verse 14 said that, uh, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. I mean, we looked at that last week, but then it goes on, which have forsaken the right way. Why or how have they done that? Because they're blind. They, they do not know the truth. And remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus will lead you to the light and and bring you closer to the light and, and, and closer to God. And, and these guys are not doing that, but they're for, they have forsaken the right way and, and that, 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 that straight way that, look, if you have someone tell you, well, there are many ways to heaven, that's not the right way. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus is the only way. And there is no other way to see God. There is no other way to spend an eternity in heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ who is God himself, who died on that cross, was buried and rose again. He's the only way, and they have forsaken this and, and are gone astray. Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. I, I find it interesting. I've always pronounced this incorrectly, and I'm going to continue. Balaam, I looked it up, and it's uh, Balaam is actually how you would, but if I said Balaam, everybody would look at me and say, who are you talking about? And so we're just going to leave it at Balaam, all right? <clears throat> you guys remember the story of Balaam? Some of you remember the story. If you remember, there was a king that, that wanted, Balaam was a prophet uh, in the Old Testament, and, and uh, this king wanted uh, Balaam to come and bless their country and curse Israel. And he offered Balaam a whole bunch of money to come and, and pronounce a curse upon uh, Israel. And, and uh, well, Balaam, of course, he, he, he likes the idea. He's just a gun for hire. He, he'll do whatever. And he's happy to take the money and do that. And, and uh, it tells us that as he's going there to pronounce that curse, God gets a hold of him and says, you're not going to do that. And, and he... And he uh, changes his mind, says, and then, well, then he starts going again because the money is just really, you know, uh, tempting him. And he's, he's been riding this donkey and had this donkey for years. And all of a sudden, 
the, the donkey won't go anywhere because there's an angel of the Lord standing in front of him. And, and, and here we know that uh, now you really start questioning this guy's greed when he's to the point where he starts arguing with a talking donkey. I, I, I've had some miniature donkeys, and if one of them would have talked to me, I think I'd have probably listened really close. And the first thing I would have done is probably say, hold on a second, I want to video this so no one thinks that I've lost my mind, right? But instead he argues, and, and here we see that, that, that they, these, these uh, false teachers that Peter's talking about have gone the same way as the way of Balaam, and, but was rebuked for his iniquity. This is really bad. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. That is talking about the donkey, not Balaam. Just need to clear that up. I, I'll never forget Dr. Curalo preaching this message, who uh, two earned uh, doctorate degrees and was my pastor and my friend, and he came to that, and some would question who the dumb ass was. It's the donkey, all right? I'll never forget that, and now neither will you. And so... But here we see, and what was he, what was, all right, if you're offended, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, was, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. That word madness means insanity. I mean, here we have the, the donkey even knew better, and and here was talking to him, and, and he's arguing with him until finally he sees the angel of the Lord, and, and he finally wakes up. You, you know, and he really never did wake up, and, and, and we know that later when Israel goes in and conquers some more of the, the tribes as they, as they move into the land of Canaan, uh, Balaam is killed by the Israelites. And, and so here, but, but we see that there are those today that these false teachers, what they're seeking is, is the money. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Just like Balaam was seeking money, then these false teachers are doing the same. These are wells without water or a spring that has no water whatsoever. That's where the wells were. They would dig and find the water and many of those wells were dug around springs and and so they're dry, and, and, and they offer uh, nothing at all. They're clouds that are carried with a tempest, and so they're, they're these fluffy clouds that have no moisture in them, and they, they're just blown away by whatever the wind of doctrine is of the day, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. You know, it seems, and, and we will never know who has gotten to this point, and so... There, there's no reason to argue this point and, and, and give you an excuse to not witness to someone, but it sure does seem that these false teachers had crossed the line where they were never going to repent for the things that they were doing, and God had a place reserved for them. And so here we see that they had definitely crossed the line that they were not going to come back from, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. They continue on this path, and they're going to spend an eternity in hell. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, 
They're arrogant and pompous and empty proclamations, and, and, and there's nothing about vanity that is good. It's empty, and it offers nothing. And so because their words are full of nothing, they uh, allure through the lusts of the flesh. Oh, whatever that might be, what, whatever it is that you're wanting, there, there would be some of those that would be very immoral in their behavior and, and, and pushing people to head that direction. There would be those that, that would say that you follow Jesus and, and you, will, you will have everything materialistically in this world that you would ever want. And, and so follow him and you will be rich beyond your uh, uh, wildest imaginations or what, whatever the lust of the flesh is that, that, that would entice you, they're, they're using that through much wantonness. And, and wantonness is, is, and it's another big word, but it's licentiousness. And, and when, you, when you parse out licentiousness, license, okay? It's a license to do whatever it is that you want to do to make you happy. That, that's what wantonness is. That's what licentiousness is, is and, and it's, it seems to be more in the sexual side of things. And so do whatever you need to to fulfill your needs and, and, and find that and be happy those in, in that way. And, and so this is how they entice people to follow them in these things. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. And, and so now we see who is it that they go after. They go after those that it seems like in this Peter's talking about there have been some who are weak in their faith, and I shouldn't even say weak in their faith. Their faith hasn't been placed in Christ as their Savior yet, but they're growing and they're learning more about the Word of God, and they're learning more about the truth of God, and, and they're right there, and, they, and they've been saved from some false teacher, and they've come back, and guess who it is that those false teachers go after? Those. They go after those that are the weakest link, and they go after those that, that they, they know are, are, are weak in their, in their knowledge, and they're going to do what they can to drag them down. And, and so, and, and what do they do? While they promise them liberty. Oh, you need to be released from all the bonds that Jesus put you under. If you ever hear that, then you need to understand that, first of all, Jesus is the one that gives you freedom. The, the only freedom you will ever have is through the forgiveness of your sins, and that only comes through Jesus. And he's the one that will give you freedom, and, and you understand then that you are no longer bound by your sinful nature, and you're no longer bound by, by the, the guilt and the, and the remorse and the shame of your sin, but you can know that they are all forgiven, and, and truly you can serve Jesus Christ then with a pure and a clean heart. But they don't promise that. They promise you a liberty where you can live however way that you want. And they themselves are the servants of corruption. Oh, they are corrupt in their ideas and the way that they're living. And for of whom a man is overcome, so whatever it is that overcomes them, then of the same he is brought into bondage. And these false teachers are in bondage to their own corruption. And so it's wise then that, uh, you know, we, we deal with stuff today that we never had to deal with 30, even 30 years ago before the Internet became so, uh, you know, uh, prevalent in everyone's lives. I mean, it was, 
it wasn't as easy for, for false prophets to get their message out. They had to print it and then get it into the hands of other people. And, and a pastor then could take that and, and, and he could read that and take it to the church and say, hey, here's what's going on. This is what's wrong with this teaching. And here we can see it in the Word of God. And, and, and you know that because you, you, you're around the pastor and you're around the, the teachers in the church. And you, and you know they've been vetted and you know they're good people and they love God and you can trust them. And, and, and now you have people on the Internet all day long and uh, thousands of them that are out there preaching some message. And, and people are always coming to me, hey, Pastor, you ever heard of this guy or have you heard of this guy or this woman or whoever? And, and I, no, I, I, don't, I don't know most of them. I don't want to know any of them. I, I, how are you ever going to get to know someone when all you do is watch them on a TV? They're, most of them are as fake as the people in Hollywood. They're making themselves out to be something that they're not. And, and you can't vet them and you know nothing about them. And, and, and here we see that, that there is such a corruption and, they, and, and they'll, they'll lead people down into that same corruption and promising a liberty that, uh, uh, from spiritual bondage. And you find out that all they're doing is putting you under bondage. And so it says, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, and so now it's not the they is talking about the victims, okay? These are the ones that they're going after. They've escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They, they have come to the point where they know, they realize that Jesus is the deliverer. They know that Jesus is the Lord. They know that he's God. They know that he's capable of doing everything that, that he says he will do. But instead, they start listening to these false prophets. They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. That's, that's terrifying. So they, they have come to the truth and they know the truth. But here again, some false teacher comes in and leads them astray again. And this time it says that the second time is harder to come back from than the first time. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. You know what the holy commandment is? Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, if you hear somebody teach something other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is what saved you, be careful. I, I, there, there is no other way to be saved than through Jesus. It's not going to be through any of your works. It's not going to be through any works of righteousness that you have done. That whether you want to consider being a part of a church or getting baptized or taking of the Lord's Supper, the communion, or, or any of that, none of those things will save you. The only thing that saves you is your faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's it. That is the glorious commandment. That is what he tells us that we need to do. Obey the gospel. Make certain that your sins are forgiven. Looking to him and understanding this but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire proverbs 26 11 that's what he's telling us 
They turn away from the truth because they are consistent to their true nature, an unsaved nature. So where are we at today? When, whenever we hear those that, that are preaching or teaching something that, that is arrogant or prideful or that appeals to your flesh, you might really like that. However, is it truly biblical? Is it truly what God wants us to listen to? Or are we going to listen to what the truth of God's word is and show us that truly that we are something special because Jesus Christ died for us. But left to ourselves, we're just not very good people. But with Christ, we can do all things through him that strengtheneth us. And he can use us and guide us and direct us. And so we need to live for him and, and live in a way that is holy, that is consistent with what the Bible says, and guard against those who try to drag us down. <clears throat> Truly, let us be thankful for several things. Be thankful for our Savior. Be thankful for a family that loves you, that brought you here, and or to wherever it was whenever you got saved, and, and, and it was there that you heard the truth and you got your heart right with God. Be thankful for that family member or friends that did that. Be thankful for a church family. I can tell you that, that this church family, that we, we really do try to do and understand what the Word of God says. Do we always do that? No. We're, we're humans just like everybody else, and we flop at times. And so don't, don't make judgments upon our weaknesses. Make judgment on the motives that you see being made and, and see and understand that, that people are genuine in their faith, they're genuine in their walk, and they're genuine in their willingness to help you to walk in the way that you ought to, and, and they're genuine even in helping correct you in, in things that we, we know that we need to do differently. And, and be careful of those then that come in and, and preach something new and, and something tantalizing that, that you sound, it sounds like it might be really good, but, but there's something that's deep down in there in your heart and in your mind that's telling you, you know, there's just something here that just doesn't sound right, and, and I need to be careful of that. And, and, and really and honestly, I think it's by far better unless you have really got someone vetted well. Be careful who you listen to on the Internet. And listen to those that, and, and encourage those that you can have a personal relationship with. And you know what you'll find? You find that Jesus truly is everything that you need. And the emptiness of the false teaching, that's all you have to do. Here's somebody bringing something up and you start reading what they're saying or you hear what they're preaching and and you see that there's not a joy and a happiness and a peace that, that is godly, then it's probably wrong. And you need to avoid it or at least let the caution flags come up until you can have uh, others come and listen to what it is and help you discern the truth of it. Just be careful. And so let us understand. We have the prediction of the false teachers in chapter 2. And the last thing we see is the ungodly bondage that they put us and it brings about such an unstable path and, a, a, and an unhealthy mindset because everything about it is empty. Everything about Christ is about peace and honor and glory. Total opposite. 
Let's follow Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for the goodness that you show us. And, and Lord, I thank you for the protection that you give us through the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for your word. Help us to understand just what it says. Let us not base it on tradition. Let us not base it on culture. Let us not base it on even what we were taught as a child or uh, read in a book somewhere, but let us base what we know uh, by reading your word, seeking the Holy Spirit to give us direction. And Father, I pray that you help us to stand for the truth and be sincere in our walk, transparent with you, and help us to be a church that adores you, adores the word of God, and loves others. And help us to use, uh, to, to use our knowledge to bring others to that saving knowledge of Christ, to encourage those that have to walk in a way that is truly honorable to you. And I pray that you bless and guide us. Lord, we love you. And I pray that your hand be upon us. Stir in the hearts of each one who's here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe God's using something. I know you guys are probably in shock. We're done early. But you know what? God can take a short message and do a miraculous work in somebody's life that something needs to be done. And so whatever God is stirring in your heart, maybe you need to be saved. And you know that. Well, come. Tell me. And we'll have someone sit down with you privately somewhere where you can ask questions and, and, and have all the time that you need to make sure that you get things settled in your life. And if you know Christ is your Savior, but there's just some things that's been nagging at you and holding you back, you know what? Today's the day to understand the freedom that Jesus Christ gives us as believers. Lay it at the altar and walk away from it, turning it over to God and let him have it. And you go out and you walk in a way that's truly free and liberating to serve God in the way that he wants you to. Whatever it is, let's make sure that we can do that. Let's all stand and sing. Softly and tenderly, we'll sing that first verse. So please, if you need to, let's get things right. God bless you. It's good to see everyone out. Want to uh, invite you back again tonight, 5 o'clock. Thane's preaching tonight. We have uh, kids are going to be working on the Christmas program tonight, those that are in, uh, involved in the other part of that Christmas program. And so, but uh, a blessing to have you guys here today. God bless you. Pray for our church family, those that are ill and not able to be out. Check on them. Make sure everybody's doing okay. And uh, you guys, let's have a great day. God bless your dismiss.
There is a nursery worker meeting uh, upstairs in that room in the junior church.